This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. You are watching and listening to Chris and Lester Till I Die TV on YouTube and your favorite podcasts. Are you ready? I'm saying, are you ready? Right, Chris.
right circle going around in the middle of a black square how the devil are you good evening uh good day good morning good afternoon good night goodbye hello wherever you are whatever time zone you're in obviously even if you don't support lester you are welcome uh this is lester till i die it's a joint production this evening as they say that makes it probably sound posher than it is <laughs> but we're broadcasting live with ant's lester fan channel and we have the man himself with us uh, and we'll be bringing him in a second uh looking forward to that. always always a pleasure to have him on the show uh, it, it, say, it says there, it says in my note, so it must be. And um, well, <laughs> this is where you can find Lester Till I Die TV, though, all over social media. Search LTID TV or Lester Till I Die, and you'll probably find us uh, somewhere. me isn't it this is going to be fun uh apparently i'm frozen am i working now ant good evening hello we can hear you uh oh, now we can see you but i've got to say chris in that two about 20 seconds that you were frozen it's the most sense i've ever heard you speak Thank you very much, Short Ass. Same tone early, aren't we? We are. We said that. It, we, well, the show only, only ever goes one way when you're on it. But no, you're welcome, sir. Uh, welcome along. I don't know what's going on. My internet is absolutely playing up, but then my broadband and my pre on the south coast. Everybody thinks it's nice down here, but it but it isn't. Um, Ants Lester fan channel. Tell us all about it, sir. So, yeah, uh, previews, match reactions, match reviews, transfer news, match day blogs. And you have frozen for me now as well. Are oh, you back? Say that again, Chris. You froze. So, and so did you at my end. I, I, this, my internet is being totally a pain in the arse. Um, Ants Lester fan channel, tell us all about it, sir. Oh, yeah. Home and away match day vlogs or as many aways as I can. Cost of living crisis and all of that. Um, <laughs> we've yeah. got uh, previews, reactions, chats outside the ground, all of that good stuff, really. Good, good, good. Well, you're welcome along, sir. If you are new to uh, to either channel, subscribe to both. Uh, and if you support one, get over and support the other. Um, it wouldn't be tonight if we didn't have the third of the three wise monkeys. Um, the rose that's going to be between the uh, two thorns this evening will bring her in and say hello to Kate. Kate, oh, Hi. let me just get rid of that. How the devil are you? Yes, I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Do we you find you sober for once? Yes, not had yes. a drop today. Well, I'm sure you'll make up for it tomorrow. Yeah, there's still, <laughs> there's still time in the day, that's no problem. There is actually, that is very, very true. Um, I've got to say, Kate, it, I'm actually disappointed there's no football. This time last season, I was actually looking forward to the international break. But uh, this season, I'm actually disappointed we've got one. I know, same. I'm feeling a bit like that as well. It always makes me feel a bit lost. Um, and I know we've had a really packed schedule, which probably makes the withdrawals seem a little bit more, to be honest. Mm. I think I think we should put uh, Kate in the middle there, don't you? I say a rose, a rose between two thorns on that. Uh, if you, 
Don't expect any more money for that. Um, <laughs> if you missed it the other day, um, you can see it above there. It is still available on uh, YouTube on LTID TV. Uh, chat with Julian Watts. We did the classic match, second in a series so far of two. So it is quite new. And uh, we look back at the Palace Leicester playoff final, in which he played a very, very big part. So um, go and check that out. It was a good chat. Good chat. I do love doing those. Uh, but, ladies and gentlefolk, we are here to talk about this quarter of the season review. First of all, Ryan, can you believe it's a quarter of the season virtually already? No, because like you say 11 games and it feels like, oh, we've only just really started. Hmm. But like, when you say a quarter of a season, 25%'s gone. We've made a big dent so far into sort of a progress of the season. And the fact that we're 10 out of 11 as well. It's like, it's ridiculous, isn't it? Like, it is. considering everything, and we're going to get into much more detail tonight. Like, considering everything that's happened over the summer, the, way, the fact that we've started how we have is ridiculous. At what point, Kate, does pinching yourself become self-harm? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Never. When we're, going, when we're on form like this, just let it continue. Indeed. I mean, Kay, I everybody was saying at the start, and we'll get that feedback, I think, now, Kay, but everybody was saying at the start that we were going to go straight back up. We were favourites, or the bookies had us as favourites, and I was sort of like, no, that would have been unfair to the rest of the, you know, um, teams in, in the division. Um, but if, we, if this continues, I mean, I hate to say it, but it is a bit of a um, a walk in the park, isn't it? Uh, yes and no. I mean, our form has been amazing. I don't think anybody could have predicted 10 from 11. I, I would have snapped your hand off for maybe 7 out of 11, to be honest. Mm. Um, but it's not a foregone conclusion, a foregone conclusion, sorry. It's because Ipswich are only a few points behind. Like, there's, there's going to be some unknowns in there still. There's going to be some unpredictability. And I'm always... Because we're Leicester fans, we can't ever get too cushy, can we? It can never. We don't want to feel like it's a walk in the park because that's come spiders on the arse a few times, really. Um, yeah. So I think it's just this is the time for us and the team to just to keep our feet on the ground, keep the concentration because it's a long old season. I mean, mm. you know, I think we said last week when we spoke that because of the cup games already and an FA Cup game to come in Jan, then we'll we'll already be at fifty games for the season, which is mm. pretty intense. So. We've just got to keep our feet on the ground. But, yeah, it's been an incredible start and one I didn't see coming at all. But, Ant, would you, I mean, go back 12 months, um, how we were feeling after 11 games last season. I mean, and everybody's saying to us, like, oh, you know, you're the Man City of the, the Championship and all this and the other, but they forget how awful it was 12 months ago. They do. And you know what's quite funny is like we're hearing all of this stuff of Man City of the Championship and all of this stuff now. Go back before the window had started, uh, sorry, before the season had started. The narrative have changed so much since the start of the season till now because it was at the start of the season, it was it's a tough old lead to get out of. It's a like you've got an unknown manager, you've lost some quality players, which we had in James Madison, Harvey Barnes, and yeah. New Team. Now it's, you've got a Premier League squad, you've spent the most money, you should get out of the league. Like, within, what, how much time? The narrative has gone completely 360. So, 
Mm. Ultimately, like, I'm not too asked what opposition fans say about us. I never have been, never will be. I no. just think it's we keep we focus on what we're doing. And as Kate says, as good as the start's been, it's the start, and it's it's not a sprint; it's a marathon. And as long as we finish in one of those top two places by the end of the seat at the end of the season, I think that's all that matters, really. Indeed, I agree. And and the thing is, Kate. We haven't got a Premier League squad because that squad we had, and we'll look at it in more detail later, that bears hardly any resemblance to the squad that we had 12 months ago. Like I say, there's so many, there's more players gone out than come in. So you, you can't call us a, a Premier League squad, can you? No, not at all, um, especially because some of the people that have stayed were some of the biggest underperformers in the last couple of years as well. That might be because of management and injuries and whatever, but we, yeah, we're not a finished article for the Premier League at all. Um, and also, I don't know that you guys feel this, but I do want us to have some challenge in the league. I want people to, you know, to put the windows up, up as a bit because it shows how the team reacts and how you know, when, when times get tough, can we respond? Can we dig deep? And we've had to do that in a few in a few periods in games, but it's really important that we're able to demonstrate that this year because I don't want our first try at that to be in the Premier League with some guys that aren't tested yet. Yeah, yeah. What do you think, Ant? Yeah, it's like I say, because earlier on in the season, there was points like Cardiff... Um, in games like that, even the Cov game where we had to really grind out results. But I feel like as the team spent more time on the training pitch with Enzo Maresca, they've elevated a the level. They've sort of, they've become more comfortable. They've, uh, they're learning philosophy and teams just can't cope with us. Like the fact Preston, who were third at the time, came to the King Power and Stoke, who were 18th at the time, came to the King Power. And you could barely tell any difference in quality between them. Like they both came to play uh with two blocks of uh four mm. that's probably being Jeremy was saying two blocks of four but both of them parked <laughs> the bus firmly on the edge of their own box and offered mm. nothing going the other way it does worry me the fact that they like i do think there might be a point where we get a rude awakening or maybe not a rude awakening but a there will be games that we lose like we know that we know how the championship works we've seen it enough ourselves but it's the fact that like obviously, between um, between Stoke and between Preston, minimal quality difference. Mm. Like you want to get tested, but and like the example I use, and I'm not saying we're anything like them, is PSG. PSG t- year after year after year win the French league, go into the Champions League. As soon as there's a semi-competitive team, they crumble because mm. they're not used to playing competitive level football. No, you're right. And I've got to say, you know, Preston didn't just come and park the bus. They built a bloody coach park, didn't they? <laughs> On the pitch. Um, but uh, I've got to say, well, I'll stick with you, Tom. Uh, Tom. I'll stick with you, Ant, because Tom's uh, uh, come to watch us from your channel. And saying, I'm wondering at what point uh, do we look to avoid relegation this season? Uh, serious point from a management point of view. It is a good point, isn't it? When you look at Burnley, they... All right, they took longer to get into it than we did, uh, but they stormed this division, and you know they're in the bottom three. Conversations to have next season. Let's get out of the championship before we talk about staying up in the yeah, Premier League. Yeah. Kate, what, what one step at a time? Oh, definitely. But Kate, are, are we safe from relegation this season? 
No, not till the fat lady sings a bit. So <laughs> I, just don't, I just don't trust. I don't. It's you don't trust Lester, it. do you? That's what you're saying. It's a, it's an emotional roller coaster, whatever it is. So yes. I'd like to think there's enough of a gap now for it would take something absolutely bonkers to happen. Yes. But yes. it's it's not a for it's not a foregone conclusion at all. And whilst it's nice to have confidence, we've been able to we've been given space to play our game and practice this philosophy, which has been great. Um, but nothing nothing's a given. Nothing's a freebie. And injuries could cost us. Injuries have really set us off off track in previous seasons, and it, we're not we're not free from that happening again. Well, it is. We are we are only twenty two points off the relegation zone, so. Let's keep our fingers crossed. Very tight. Very tight. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, look, I want to say, and I, I want to bring this up, and to the guy that went uh, onto my uh, my uh, Facebook and went, uh, well, last season we were playing Man City and Liverpool. This season we're playing Stoke and Preston. Yes, I know, but this season we have got a different squad. I mean, when you look at that, Ant, and you say, you know, we've played 11 and we've won mm-hmm. 10. Last season, we played 38 and won nine. Um, after 11 games, we've got 30 points this season. Last season, we played 38 and only ended up with 34. Just enjoy it and just say, you know, the fact that we're winning again is just fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, I think Neil said it best on my show that I did uh, last show I did with him. Just enjoy not being crap. Like, mm. It's blunt, it's simple, it's straight to the point. But just enjoy not being crap. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, I did a show last night, Kate, um, and if you want to, anybody who has not seen it, again, it's it's one of the my, In My Opinion shows. Um, and I said, look, last season I was giving, you know, so much grief to these guys, you know, the senior management, Top, um, Susan Whelan, John Rudkin, Martin Glover, you know, they weren't doing the job. They hadn't got their eye on the ball. Toppers sort of somewhere else and, you know, in, in Thailand sorting other things out and, you know, he wasn't getting the support from the players. And as much as I gave them brickbats last season, we've got to give them credit this season because they've come in this season and gone, right, we're going to take... And I think they've taken the risk on Enzo. We'll come on to Enzo in a second. But... You know, they've backed him. They, they, they've everything that they got wrong last season. They've got right this season. Yeah, I agree, and it may just have been going back to basics. I strongly believe that um, Vishai always wanted Brendan. Um, he was rumoured to have come to us for ages. Um, I, I do think Vishai was he was like his primary target so I think that was heavily heart driven rather than head driven and I think we might have just gone back to basics and gone back to things that have worked in the past for us in terms of methodology of picking management teams picking you know any candidates that want to come forward so it's 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 great to see we seem to have learned from the errors of our past which they absolutely deserve to be able to do I've got to say this to you, and uh, because the, and, um, Boris is, is a regular on, on, on here. I don't know if he ever comes on to yours or not, but he has this thing that he thinks we are playing boring football at the moment. Well, if we're going to play boring football, win 10 out of 11, score the most goals in the championship and see the least, happy days. You, you, you'll you be happy to be bored every week, won't you? Bore me to death. And I... I I know, like, football's subjective, X, Y, and Z, and all of that, but 
I've, I've enjoyed more watching. I like possession-based football. I like the tactical side of the game. I do get the fact that, like, in the stands, watching counter-attacking football can be more exciting because it's those quick moments and those flashes. Mm. But the reality is every team is going to come to the King Power and put a bus or two or three in front of their goal. And it's just, like, you can't just sort of hoof the ball long and hope that when teams do that, you have to be strategic and break them down. But mm. also, I think, like, you look at the way that every top team plays, you sort of look... Even every top six team in the Premier League, top eight, probably top ten, they play possession-based football. There's a reason for that. But it's the way that the game has evolved. There's a reason as well that very few teams play sort of route one. Um, and I don't, I don't know what, I don't want to say sort of basic football, but you know the little man, big man, target man. Like mm-hmm. the game's moved on from that, and it's evolved past that. It has. I mean, Kate, let's be honest with you. Go back to the um, Premier League winning season. Of course, it was exciting football, counter-attacking. But that was, what, seven, eight years, seasons ago now? You know, I mean, we, we won the World Cup playing 4-4-2. There's not much of that about either these days. Football moves on. And surely at the end of the day, you know, if you're going to, like I said earlier, if you're going to be, and I know we've spoken about Boris before, but if you're going to be, you know, this is being boring, bore me to death. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's clear that, like like Ants just said, that the top teams are doing this. The top teams are a possession-based team, um, and so we, if we want to, you know, get back to our dizzy heights from before, I think we've we've got to sort of approach that. And Enzo seems to have the best mentor in that, the best pedigree to come from that style of play. And it's really exciting that he's got to execute that with us. And, we, you know, if we want to get back up to the Premier League and be a, a worthy cause in that league, then it's probably the modern way to do it. And it will evolve again, I'm sure, um, over, over the next decade, probably. But, yeah, I mean, I, I can't call football boring when we're winning, we're scoring. You see Vardy giving his abuse to the away fans. Like, it. It's what we want. It's what you pay to see. You pay to see your yeah. team winning. It's so refreshing. Any any sports fan can go with that. Whatever league you're in, it's the winning. It's how it feels. It's going to see good football every week, and that's what we're seeing. Indeed. Just go back to you, and on, on, on the graphic there. I mean, your thoughts on top Susan, uh, John, and Martin this season? It is like I- a completely different mindset, isn't it? It is. I think putting Martin Glover in giving him any grief last year is probably a bit harsh because I think he got the January transfer window and I think Suter was a good signing. Tete was all up but was available on the right wing realistically. And um, who else did we sign? Christensen. Again, he looks like a bright prospect, but he's just not the player that Enzo Mareska wants. I mm. think we've said this a lot. Top's heart with Leicester is in the right place. He wants to see Leicester do well. but I think he was far too sentimental with Brendan Rodgers and was just did not want to bite the bullet with him. And ultimately, mm. I think that's the biggest thing that cost us. Um, Rudkin, I don't really know enough about what he does, if I'm honest. Like, I've said this many times, but people blame Rudkin for a million and one things. Yeah. He's not responsible for anywhere near as much as he gets blamed for. Mm. But like, I I know, like, the contracts and, like, the Vestigar being on 70 grand a week, Bertram being on a 70 grand a week, absolutely, he deserves all of the criticism for that. There's some stuff he gets blamed for, but you think, is that really him? Or is it just 
people don't know, so they just put a put a name to a but something that's worked, negative. He works within the budgets that he's told, and if the a, the manager that's in situ at the time says he really really wants the player, then he knows that you know he can go up to seventy. Maybe he couldn't go up to eighty because that's the limit. But you know he's getting grief off Rogers saying this is the player I want with Vestergaard for a few seasons. You know he's, he's going to do what he can to get him for the club for the manager, isn't he? He is, but at the same time, it's like if you're told to go and buy a can of baked beans from a supermarket, you're not going to go and say if you've got a fiver, you're not going to go and spend all five quid on one can of baked beans. It's using common sense and sort of valuing what you've got because Vestergaard, like, as fantastic as he is at this season, he's not a seventy grand a week player, and it's sort of using. Mm-hmm. It's using some common sense as well, but Kate, if you go into a if you go into um, your local supermarket and there's a brand of own beans for ten p and a brand of Heinz for twenty five p, and you like Heinz, you're going to buy Heinz, aren't you? Yeah, but they ultimately do the same job. They're both beans, so there's just got to be common sense, hasn't there, with the budget, with the purse strings, especially when it's not your bloody purse strings. You've just got to have a practical approach to spending money, and that's what budgets are there for. And but if he's working with well. which he must Sorry. be, let's be honest. If he wasn't working within budgets, he would have been sacked by now. Yeah, true. But I think, like Anne said, it's just applying common sense. Um, just applying common sense to it, really. But I, I think just left, January is always a funny transfer window, isn't it? There's not yes. a lot about. Yeah, that's the problem. I, I, as well. For me, I, I just I, at the moment, I just think Yannick's worth every penny, and should we should uh, extend his contract <laughs> and double it? <laughs> but, We're probably not talking about a supermarket. We're probably talking about your local off license. And yeah. You want to do a week yeah, we're talking. We're so, talking about Aldi here, not Waitrose, <laughs> aren't we? <laughs> you know I mean, um, but look, uh, okay, I'll speak with you, um, um, and I'll come to to you and with the same question afterwards to give you some thinking time, but. Uh, at the start of the season, we were linked. Let's be honest with you. There was Gerard was being linked. The cardigan on legs was being linked. And I guess I understand why. I mean, you know, Stephen Gerard had the name, if you like. Parker, Scott Parker had it. You know, he had got two teams promoted. Uh, and then, you know, for me, there was the guy from Ipswich that's proving what a good manager he is at the moment. Uh, I, I like the Blackburn Rovers manager. Enzo wasn't in my top two. It was the Blackburn and, and Ipswich managers. It was a bit of a gamble. And whilst this excited me, I'm very excited. I mean, you know, six days after this guy had, had, had held up the Champions League trophy, signing on to be our manager, um, I was that there was that bit of doubt in my mind about whether he had the experience for this league. Uh, humble pie. Yeah, he, he, he obviously has, hasn't he? Yeah, I think so. And I think critically with any manager early in their career, like John Dar Thomason at Blackburn, he's still early in his career, although he has got arguably more experience in the league. I think in the championship, you can do it out of the spotlight. It's a real different ball game when you get to the Premier League because the spotlight and the heat from the press is unbelievable. And that adds a different dimension to the job. So with Enzo, he's been able to learn his craft elsewhere and now put some of his philosophy into practice because he's a little bit out of the spotlight we're obviously going to get some headlines because it looks like we're romping the league when 
you know, on the outside looking in, it, it's been an amazing start for us. But yeah, it was a punt. Um, but I still trusted the process. I don't know whether you felt like that. I wasn't worried when he was appointed. I wasn't thinking, what the hell? I was really encouraged that we've got a guy who's learnt from arguably the best manager of the generation. Um, and he wants to come to us. And it's a project. And, you know, Leicester City is a really attractive entity for somebody wanting to start their career or, or continue yeah. their early career. Yeah. And, I mean, with are we playing this... Um you know, master pupil thing a little bit too much because he's he had, uh, what, one season with him at the, when he was at the development squad, uh, possibly two, maximum of two, one season with him as assistant manager. Um, but like I say, I'm not complaining because what he's doing, he's doing absolutely perfect. Yeah, it's early days with Enzo Maresca and it's, it's one of those, whoever we got in was going to be a risk, but it's like... The fact it seemed like a calculated risk and it seemed like everything that we've we hoped with Enzo that we would see, we are seeing early on with the style of football, the youth players being promoted. And that's I think like you could have got um Scott Parker and I have no doubts he would have got us up. But then where do you go beyond that? I think mm-hmm. with Enzo Mareska, his history of play- youth players is a huge reason he was brought in. Because Seagrave was a huge investment by the club and it, we haven't seen anywhere near the potential of it yet. Enzo Maresca will be using Seagrave and, and facilities there to develop and improve these young players because there's no point in, in like investing the millions into our academy that's going to be invested, that has been invested into it, sorry, if you're not then going to start to see these players starting to pop up in the first team. Because Casey McAteer's one, but like, I think we both said this at the start of the season, Chris, but he'll probably be featured in and around the first team. But I don't think either of us had him as a sort of a mainstay or a player that's really going to be one of the ones that sort of first names on his team sheet. But again, but I feel like these kind of players are why Enzo was brought in. And obviously we've got Sammy Braybrook to come back. Will Alves, like as much as it's like the here and now he's doing well, I think it, for him it was being brought in, it's a calculated gap, uh, risk for the future as well. Mm. I mean, okay, Enzo utilising Seagrave, he's really living there, isn't he? Uh, when he was asked... Oh, I live there. It's incredible. It's like I a know. Nip, oh. nip, for, nip for swimming around a golf before you were at the weekend if there's no match. And uh, this is about what you do when... was all over it like a rash. It's an absolute... It's an absolute brilliant place to work and live and do your job it's incredible and he said what do you do when you uh when, when you know when, when there's nobody there and he says i watch football <laughs> i mean you know he's he is i mean you know um was it terry said there you know our pet must be getting a bit pissed off because every time he gets a decent number two he, they go off somewhere yeah i mean it's quite a good record he's got so far isn't it mm. um I think he's Pep, Pep really enforces accountability, doesn't he? He does that with his team. Yeah. And he probably does that with his coaching staff. So you learn to carry some burden of the responsibility probably from quite early on if you work with Pep. So he he is crafting future managers. That's probably the nature of how he operates, really. And I suppose he's, he's like any proud parent, isn't he, when he sees his kids go off and do well, uh, it, it speaks very highly. Yeah, and he even looks like him. He's got the same haircut. He seems to have the same style. Like, it's a proper chip off the old block, isn't it? 
it, it is a bit. What what was that film? Um, there was a film, wasn't it, about a, a a a woman who literally takes over the life of another woman, and and I can't think what it's called now. But anyway, I I, I, I digress. I digress. Um, but look, yeah, uh, fantastic, um, fantastic uh, um, manager, and I'm, I'm I'm eating a lot of humble pie. Uh, and I want to start before we get into this the the actual league season. I just want to look at our um, Caribou Cup exploits because, all right, we went out to Liverpool and I think we all kind of, when we saw we were away to Liverpool, I think we all kind of went, all right, that's the run over. But I think this season, and yes, you want to win every game, but there's something more important this season than winning the Caribou Cup, isn't there? Yeah, I'd normally love a cup run, but it's like you say, there's bigger priorities this year. And I... What I said before that Liverpool game is if we go out and I think I came on to your live stream for the um, when you were doing the covering the Liverpool game. It's mm. like if we go out, but we go out with our heads held high and give Liverpool a game and I'm happy. And we did that. We went to Anfield. We tried to play our own game and ultimately just their quality shone through. So the fact that like we've gone to the team, I think will finish second in the league, but team in Liverpool regardless that will be pushing for the Premier League title and we've tried to stick to our identity so early on with Enzo says a huge amount to me so as much as like the cup runs over early I, I saw enough in that cup run to make me happy mm. I mean Kate we played Liverpool pre-season and we had kind of a mad half hour when it all went wrong I I think there was a lot of improvement, I and mean, we didn't do that badly apart from that particular half hour in the preseason game. But against Liverpool, all right, you know they they equalised, but their second goal was a worldie, and I don't think there's many goalkeepers would do. I don't even think Danny Ward would have saved that, to be honest with you. And their third goal, I had a little bit of luck about it to hit the post and you know went in. It could have hit the post and come out. But I, as Ant said, I uh, I think. If we'd gone there and we'd have lost 5-0 or something like that, then I might have thought, like, oh, God, if we go, what's going to happen? But I think we gave them a game. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Enzo would have been licking his lips up there because it's kind of a trial run for Premier League. Mm. I mean, they are the top of the tree. They are a team that we never get a lot from Anfield anyway. No. Um, but it was going to be really interesting for him to see how well we can compete against the top level team because we're probably not going to get that kind of competition again this season unless the FA Cup presents us with something. So I mm. think he was probably really encouraged by what he saw. Casey McAteer didn't give a heck, didn't give a monkey's who he was playing. He just took everybody on, played played his game, and that's exactly what Enzo wants to see. Don't let mm. you know, don't let the opposition change the way you think, change the way you act. Just just go for it, play our own game. And we did that. And I think it's so hard. I mean, it was 3-1 last time we went to Liverpool in the Cup. I went and it was just sad. <laughs> but I didn't, feel as, I didn't feel as sad this time. It was really encouraging. And do you know what? A couple of goals, like you say, it could have, it could have been different. Yeah. Um, and we got off to a flying start and we competed. Most importantly, we competed. It didn't look like a league apart. Yeah. I mean, all right. Okay, I'll stick with you for there. I'm, I'm sure Boris was upset that we only got two past Burton and two past Tranmere. He probably expected six or seven. But look, how often have we fallen to teams like that? Very, very, you know, in our recent past. And the fact that we were swapping teams around and not, I don't think we have a B team at the moment because I think, I think it's so blurred and the players are coming on and swapping all the time. But the teams that 
had been changed from the previous games and we still went out and did enough to win without, oh, you know, it would have been nice to maybe have won five or six nil, but we, we maybe didn't even get out of second, third gear in either of those games. No, I agree. Um, and you don't know what the opposition are going to do. It's really difficult when teams part the bus for anybody. It's really difficult. Um, but yeah, well, as long as it, as long as we've won, as long as nobody's injured, as long as we've been able to play our game, um, just take the win. I mean, there's not many there's not many results where you see a five, six, seven niller because they're three leagues apart. Mm. It, it just doesn't seem to happen that much anymore. The lower leagues have definitely upped their game. Like if say if we got someone like Wrexham, there wouldn't be a five goal split. No. There wouldn't be because. No. Those lower teams are starting to play proper football. They're getting good players in because mm. there's money down there now. There's starting to be a bit of money and a bit of entertainment, like with the with the documentary. So um two nil, three nil, whatever, one nil, as long as we get through, that's all that matters. Yes, indeed. Um, okay, let's get down to the red and butter ant. Um, and I, I'm sorry, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put this up for um uh, for for Boris, but look, it's not a bad season. Uh, league position one, so obviously we're, we're we're first on that. Wins ten, we're first on that. Draws nil, with the lowest on on that. Uh, losses one, we're equal top on that. Uh, goals scored twenty three, we're second by a couple of goals on that to Ipswich. Uh, goals conceded six, with the lowest in or top in that uh, goals conceded. And the biggest goal difference. I mean, <laughs> we, we, we only need, I think, it's one more point from Swansea and we've broken the record. No, it's it's one of those. And as I always say, everyone's entitled to their opinion to a bit. But I don't think we could have done much more of a start of this season to be sort of no. setting the foundations up for it to be a really successful season. So I'm really happy with what we're seeing. But uh, it's... As I keep saying, the start's brilliant, but when we get to the summer, I think it's where you can really sort of like pick this season apart and say, like, we are this or we are that. Mm. What I say at this point is it's such a small sample size, but the positive of this is I think we've seen the worst of this team, and I think we're just going to get better and better and better. So I think what we saw against Coventry was that Premier League level quality dragging us through. Dewsbury Hall with two moments of magic, dragging us through. Um, like, I don't think we're going to see too many games like that anymore where we're just waiting on a moment of individual brilliance to save us because now the system seems to be clicking and um, the players seem to be understanding the philosophy more and more. Yeah, We're blowing teams away. Kate, okay, I, I've spoken to a Stoke fan before the Stoke game, fully enough. And he was saying, like, well, you know, we've signed a lot of new players. It's a new team, and they're taking a little while to gel. I'm saying, well, yeah, we've done exactly the same. But I, I, we just seem to have clicked, don't we? Yeah, we do seem to have clicked. And I think um, that's probably why players like Cassidy have come in for a little bit of stick, because he's not hit the ground running like some of the other newbies, because they have done mm. so, so well. Um, but it's, I think I've said before on previous shows, but it's all about engagement. And so far, Enzo seems to have got that level of engagement from every single player. Um, I'm not sure Hamza would have signed a new contract had things been different. He's no. engaged him. Um, 
and it's all about making yourself yeah engaging your team making them feel like they're important and they've got a part to play um and i think that that's shone through in the new signings as well and that's why a lot of the fact is why we've gelled so well and, and all bought into the philosophy together as a group hmm. i mean look at that uh and i mean you know Green, 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 green. <laughs> so it's like a Tom Jones song, Green, Green Grass of Home, isn't it? I mean, it's just after la the last 18 months, that is just, uh, all right, we lost the hull and maybe that was a reality check that we needed maybe. And as I said at the time, whilst I don't want to lose any game, I was glad that we got it out of the way quite early into the season. So yeah. The longer it had gone on, the, the, the harder it would have been to accept. Yeah, and you know, we would have started getting stupid. Like, if say if we'd won that whole game, we'd start getting stupid shouts at this point of like invincible season and all of that. So, mm. it's you also want to see how a team reacts to a to a loss. Yeah. And the fact that we followed it up by, on paper, one of the hardest away days we'll have this season in Southampton, and absolutely played them on the park. Same with Norwich again, another very good good team went to Carrow Road and played them off the park. So it's like. It's the old saying, isn't it? It's not about sort of how many times. It's about when you get knocked down, like how you get back up and how you mm -hmm. keep going. So, um, and I've just seen a comment there from Boris saying about hopefully lackluster Leicester will have a real go if they ever go behind in the game. What like Cardiff or um, Coventry, Coventry or yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't even going to, uh, going to put that one up, to be honest with you. I, I entertain a few of Boris's comments early on, and everybody's entitled to their opinion. And Boris, I respect yours, but um, we also uh, we, we can disagree on opinions as well. Uh, Kate, did you go to that? Did you go to the Preston game? I didn't know. I didn't uh, go to Preston. Game. Let me stick with, with Anne because you went to the Preston. Did you go to the Preston game? No, that's the one that I couldn't get to. I've, oh, right. I've, I've, I'll not tell you the story of this, but I booked my car in for an oh, MOT. Yes. <laughs> I booked my car in for an MOT, got the confirmed email, got the confirmed text, turned up on the day for my MOT to be done. Yeah, you're not booked in. Brilliant. Great. So I had to wait for the next day for it to, for it to be done. And of course, Kate, he's too posh to get the bus. <laughs> I'm not sorry, I've got work Anthony, to get. Does he not get the bus? Oh no, no, no! no I'm no, sorry, no. I've got work to get back to for the next morning, so I would have had like two hours sleep. <laughs> it was a. Where do you live, Rugby? Oh, do you? I'll let you off. Sorry, I I, I thought you were local to Leicester. Well, let me come back to you then, Kate. I've got to. I actually apologise to Ant then. <laughs> record it, record it. Know the time and the date. Get everyone clip that. Everybody clip that. <laughs> it won't happen again. It won't happen again. Um, look, well, obviously, you must have seen highlights, etc. It was on the telly. I mean, that Preston game, I know Ant was, but Kate, I mean, they were what third in the table? They've been top. I mean, if that is the level of opposition that we're going to come up against. I, it, I am thinking, I am starting to think, are we going to walk it this season? Because they were bloody awful. Yeah, that's the impression I got from the highlights that I saw and from speaking to a lot of people who went that they were awful um, mm. and offered absolutely nothing, which is really surprising considering that, you know, from their point of view, it's a bit of a free hit. Like, mm. you, you're probably not expecting to win or, or get much, but just have a go and... 
it was quite disappointing to see that, yeah, the team that high in the table who are flying, and they've got some history, haven't they? Preston North yeah. End have got some history behind them. And the fans turned out for them as well. Same with Stoke on Saturday, the fans turned out. And it, it was just a bit, yeah, really surprising. Obviously great that we won, but a bit sort of, eh? <laughs> Not at all what we expected to see from mm. a challenger. I mean, it's a, to you, to you, Ant, I mean, I, I think it was might have been Kate and somebody is certainly, I'm just looking then, I can't find it, but somebody said it in the chat that Leicester is pretty much a free hit for most teams. And we are the team that's got, you know, the biggest target on our back because of where we've been for the last nine seasons. But they've got to come and, and give it a go. They, 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 they just seem to be coming, like say, parking the bus and, um, and, and well, hoping to get something on the break. Thing is, I disagree there. They didn't even try and counter-attack us. Like, they weren't even looking to hit, hit us on the break at all. It was just lump the ball. Every time I got it, read, got the ball, lump it away. And it just it was wave after wave of attack. It's like, I understand teams that don't have the resources that we have, like playing counter-attacking football and trying to come and sort of soak up pressure and hit on the breaks. But these teams aren't even offering anything on the break. That's the... That's, for me, where the real shock is. There was this point in the Stoke game, I believe we had 91% possession. Like, yes, that yes. is ridiculous. Like, I think I it was about, about 10, 15 minutes or something like that. It was yeah. Stupid. yeah, and it's like, it's one thing coming, setting up defensively, trying to hit on the break and cause problems on the counter. Because mm. like, if you do that effectively, we know better than anyone, you can cause anyone huge issues if you get that right. But teams aren't even doing that. They're just coming, putting everyone behind the ball and just lumping it forward as a bit of a relief for their defence. Yeah. And, Kate, I mean, look at the teams we've played so far. Coventry City, you know, playoff uh, semi-final, well, playoff finalist losers, weren't they? Um, you've got Southampton, who came down with us, beat us twice last season. Norwich, who you think are going to be up there uh, and, and doing well. Uh, Preston, who had been up there, Blackburn, who only just missed out on the playoffs by, um, by, by on goal difference. You know, we're not playing teams at the bottom end of the table, or you would expect to be at the bottom end of the table. We've played some pretty decent teams. So, like you say, how good can this season get? Yeah, I think it could be record-breaking. It absolutely could be record-breaking. Um, I'm just waiting for the bump in the road. From a personal perspective, like I'm just waiting for something not, to go wrong. When we look at the table, and you know, we are, uh, well, what are we? We're 11, nine points above, no, no, so we're, we're 10 points above third. And if you're coming out of the, <laughs> we're about seven, um, 17, I was no good at my 13 points above uh, seventh. Even if we have that bump. I don't know if it will actually affect us that much, will it? No, I hope not. Um, Enzo said something really interesting, <coughs> excuse me, a couple of weeks ago, and said that one of his one of his uh, friends, who is a well-known manager, which I think we could perhaps hazard a guess who that is, had said to him, "The longer you go on your winning streak, the harder it is to lose." Mm. And that's quite a good piece of advice from a obviously a well-known experienced manager and I, yes. I think we can probably all understand what he means because you don't want to become arrogant you don't want to become complacent I think we've got enough points on the board to have a really we'd have to have a real wobble to miss out on any sort of top six element at all 
but mm. never say never. We we never thought three years ago we'd be down here again. Um, no. But I'd like to have got enough points on the board. Um, but it's it, it's just concentration. We've got to stay concentrated. It's a long old season. We've already mm. played eleven games and we're only just into October, so it's intense. Um, we'll see what happens with the turn of the year when the ground gets hard, when it's cold weather, injuries are picked up. Um, we seem to have really good cover in areas, but. Don't we play in a football stadium, Kate? Yes. You said it was intense. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> that is a shocker. That's a dad joke. I'm sorry, it was. I'll admit that. I'm going to sit on the north step after this. But it was clean. It was clean. That's the way I like to look at it. Um, oh, yeah, we can have everything. Yeah, and I mean, look, uh, Tom says here, and I mean, it's great to have a manager that actually shows some passion on the on the sideline, and actually, I mean, you know, he actually shows enthusiasm at press conferences. I'd forgotten what this was like. Yeah, I love the stuff of like a manager showing passion on the sideline. I know it sort of it doesn't really matter massively, but it's just yeah. great to see. Yeah, but the biggest thing for me that I've noticed for difference is. Away days are great, but when you can't play away, there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Muck Delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Enzo Maresca seems to, like, everything seems to be like, well, Leicester's a big club. Leicester doesn't belong here. Um, I want us to get back and sort of really talking up Leicester. Compare mm. that to last year from day one. Haven't been back to the transfer window. 40 points will be a great achievement. These players are crap. And like everything was somewhat, he might as well have just said it. Like he might as well have just, like he, he pretty much did in, in other words. It's like through every other player under the bus and sort of downplayed what Leicester was, saying that we've overachieved and all of this. Keep, if you believe that, fine. Keep it to yourself because it doesn't help anyone saying it publicly. Yes. Enzo Mareska instantly comes in saying that he wants to be ambitious, wants to get this club back to where he believes it belongs. And it's like, it's night and day difference. And like, in any work of life, if you've got a boss that's sort of there and sort of fighting for you instead of fighting against you, you're going mm. to put, you're going to put that extra 10% in. You're really going to want yeah. to, want to work harder for them. If you've got a boss who's a bit of a knob, who is, throwing everyone under the bus because of his mistakes. Um, you're just going to think, you know what, do one. Apparently, the bus drivers of Leicester feel a lot safer this season because they're not running over players every uh, every, every five minutes. Uh, I'm going to say uh, hello to, uh, to Kian. He's watched another Leicester channel and got fed up of all. Uh, so all it was was just constant negativity. 
and I'm new to this channel, so you're most welcome, Kian, and go and check out Amph's uh, Leicester Fan channel as well. Uh, and since watching this, it's just refreshing to hear some positivity. Don't know anybody can be negative about this season, but there we go. Kate, I'm going to ask you, favourite game so far this season? Um, oh, goodness. I don't know. That's really put me on the spot. <laughs> no, that was the idea. You were looking much too comfortable there. <laughs> um, I would probably say... I tell you what, I tell, I'll give you a second to think about it because, and I'll give Anne a, a second as well because I'll go, I'll go with mine. And it wasn't just because I was there, but I I was there. But it was the away the away game at Southampton, uh, simply because it was a game I didn't expect us to win the way we did. Um, you know, we'd been winning two nils and one two ones. I mean, and one nils. I didn't expect that, and it was just a great. You know, we went one nil up after a minute, and I think when I was there watching that game for me, it kind of struck me that, you know, we went 1-0 up after a minute. And yes, all right, they we had that period where they were um, on top after they'd just scored. But I never felt really, really troubled. And I think watching that, and you see it, do you do see these things differently when it's live. You see, you know, you see a lot more feel about all the players and what have you. Um, and to me, I, I began to sort of think, Right, this yes, we could see something magic this season. And of course, we just come back from the defeat and the international break as well. So for me, that was my favourite game. And for me, mm. mine was Blackburn because they were the one team that really, like, entertaining wise, they had a bit of a go, and like we absolutely tore them to pieces. And I thought, yeah. um, like. I think as well, because I went to it and it was a brilliant day out, always makes a game sort of better. Mm. Um, but also, and I know people disagree with this, Stoke, Stoke at home, we like, I've never seen a team sort of cruise to a battering so easily in my life and almost like accept their fate before a ball had been kicked. Just absolutely like... I don't think we got out men of these boys doesn't do it justice. No, and we didn't get out of third gear, really, did we? No, and it was very, very comfortable. And yeah. it was still like, you start to see the philosophy and like that second goal, the Vardy goal, like that was what Enzo Ball will be. Because yes. before yeah. um, he even received the ball, Vardy was pointing to him where he wanted it. Yes, yes, he was. Um, you, mean, you mean twinkle toes? As we like to call Indeedy now, um, but uh, AFC Bournemouth, uh, welcome along, mate. How the devil are you doing? I know if only we'd beaten, if we'd beaten Liverpool, I'd have been able to go and watch us at Bournemouth. The old typical, typical. Mind you, no, Marlon would have probably lost that one. Uh, so Ronald agreed with me. He went for the Southampton game. So did Paul. Uh, favorite game is Southampton away. Uh, it's when Leicester. Uh, prove their promotion credibility. Uh, you and me, Paul, we're, we're on the same. We're on the same page. Um, Ronald says Southampton away was probably the last time this season uh, the bookies have will make us two to one. Um, Kate, I'm giving you long enough now. Come on, which game are you going to go for? Yes, I've had enough time. The blonde cogs have gone now. Um, I think it's going to be the first game of the season, just because I was excited slash nervous, and we came from behind, and I think that's always a great feeling and we showed that we, you know, 
we weren't going to wobble. We weren't going to mess up from the from the dots. We were. We. I really enjoyed that game. So and it, Coventry give us a really good game, um, and I love a winner. I love a coming from behind and winning. It's awesome. Yes. Yeah. Especially against you know when when it's a motorway derby as well. The biggest motorway Absolutely. derby in the country, the M69, isn't it? Yeah. The fans light up. They were giving us a lot of stick, as you can probably imagine, which is great banter and um, yes. great to sight at them at the end. Yeah. Tom says, yeah, I love this. Lionel Indeedy. <laughs> so true. We are going to be coming on to uh, the players and, and what Enzo has done to them in a second. Uh, AFC Bournemouth regretting getting rid of your manager, I'm wondering. Hmm. Maybe, maybe. Um, but and look, everybody's saying about oh, you know, you're a Premier League team, and look at all the money you've got. I mean, we haven't, and I don't, we don't get any parachute payments this season because this season we still get what we would what we receive for being 18th. Uh, so it would be next season if we we're still down when we get the parachute payments. But you know, just to look back at, at, at the transfer window, I mean, there's a hell of a lot more on that right side. Uh, of going out than there is on the left side coming in. And just going back to, to John Rudkin, I mean, 40 million for Madison, 40 million for Barnes. When was the last time a team got relegated and got 80 million for two players? Southampton. Sorry? Southampton. Did Lavia they? And Ward Prowse. Yeah, but that was this season, wasn't it? Yeah. To be honest, we probably could have haggled. You for awkward more. bastard, you! Just don't you? Don't put right. it on a tee for me. Give no, me a golf no, club no, and then no, expect no, me no, not no, to I mean, swing. The same time, not the last time. Bloody, not having you on again. But, but <laughs> we could have had probably we could have got more for Madison and Barnes, yeah. but got rid of them quickly. Brought in the players that we needed so they could spend time with Enzo Maresca on the training pitch. Compare hmm. that to Southampton who got more for Lavia Ward-Prowse, but they haggled towards the end of the market, meant that their new signings were delayed coming in, meant that Ward-Prowse actually played the first game for Southampton, didn't mm -hmm. he, against yeah. was it Sheffield United, uh, Sheffield Wednesday, sorry. Um, I would have much rather, I'm happier that we took the sort of the less in terms of the bank balance, but got the players in. They had spent a whole pre-season with us. Because you look at the difference between how well-oiled and well-drilled your players like Harry Winks you, uh, look now, even Hermanson, um, Callum Doyle before he got injured, Mavadidi, they all look settled and ready now. Compare that to Southampton, where they there's still real questions to be asked about a team that has spent as much as we have. Mm. And that's it because we haven't, have we, Kate? We haven't spent really spent a fortune. We haven't spent eighty no, million on players coming in, have we? Not at all. And like Ant said, I think the feeling that we've had a successful transfer window was because we did the business really early with Madison mm. and Barnes, and that's worth its weight in gold. Because even if you'd have got an extra ten or twenty million between them, um, and but delayed it well into the summer, some of your first choices would have gone. Because these, these players want to get sorted and when, when the summer's early and while they've got a few options on the table. So, you mm. know, again, that's learning from our mistakes. You know, previous transfer windows, we have we have left it. You know, we didn't want an Adrian Silva repeat because that was horrendous for everybody. And it's such yeah. a bad um, example to set for any players that want to come and transfer to us. So getting the business done and we've not spent the fortune. We've got a lot of players on loan. Um, yeah, so I've, 
don't I don't see us as like the Manchester City of the the league because we've done some really shrewd business and a lot of them are loanees. Yeah, and and, and um, do you think there there's any? I mean, when I look down that list of who's gone out, forgetting Barnes and Madison because we we sold them, they you know weren't particularly begging to go at all. But apart from probably Soyun Chu um, and possibly Mendy. There's nobody on that list that I'm particularly disappointed has gone out. But then again, how many of those, if they'd stayed, would have fitted into to Enzo's style of play? I, I would have liked Sionchi to stay, but let's be honest, mm. you get an offer from Madrid. There's very few players that are gonna, yeah, gonna stick about in Leicester. And it, it, yeah. I think the him doing well in Madrid is making last year look even more of a farce. But mm. um, I would have liked to have seen Mendy played. Mendy stay sorry, but he's gone to a Champions League club in Lens, in yeah. France. So like, and is I believe he's from France as well, isn't he? So he's gone yeah. back, yeah. gone back to to France. So like, can you blame him? No, but, no. Like saying saying all of that, but we haven't spent a huge amount of money. I hope we spend another twenty million in January just to piss off everywhere other you fan base in this league. You do want to do that. You're, you're, you just don't need a wooden spoon, Ant, do you? No. <laughs> you really don't. But of course, I mean, talking of the you know, one good defender we lost, you know, we've 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 lost uh, another defender that, that is now appears to be number one choice at Manchester United, Johnny Evans. Uh Kate. I mean, who would have thought we'd have watched Manchester United this season and the back two were uh, Johnny Evans and um and the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about the fridge name. Um, yeah, I would never have seen that coming. I did read the other week that Johnny Evans said when we played them last year um, that Ten Hag asked him if he would fancy coming back after the game, which is just a bit frustrating, isn't it? I think they're absolutely daft to sign him. He's an absolute sick note, but he's obviously pulled it out of the bag for them. And yeah. it shows the, the disarray Man United are in because to sell him for three and a half million seven, six years ago, it's just what a player and if he can mm. you know as a younger man he must have been absolute Rolls Royce I didn't pay a lot of attention to him back then but you know yeah you wouldn't have ever seen the thought to have seen Johnny Evans back in the mind I think he said he got his 200th appearance which he never thought in a million years he'd ever get no no I mean I've got to ask you this Anne looking at that list again of players that have gone out um had we stayed up on that final day had we got the goal and we'd stayed up and Everton hadn't, etc. Do you think there's a lot of those players, because we were in the Premier League and because there are players that we'd had in the Premier League that we would have tried to uh, have kept? Do you think we would have had the clear out that we would have had because we've gone down? I think so, but it's all if, buts and maybes, isn't it? Like, Because we may well have not we may well have got Enzo Maresca. Uh, sorry, we may well have not got Enzo Maresca yeah. in. We might have gone and got Scott Parker. It could have been anyone. So we, the players that we've got in would have been completely different. The so players that have gone would have been completely different. But quick word on Johnny Evans. I, it says a lot, though, that we offered him a contract. He went to Man United. Fair enough. I'm glad he went. Last year, yeah. I was sick to death of him being injured, injured, injured. Northern Ireland game, fit and available. Comes back to Leicester, injured, injured. He was so clearly not committed. And when that's your club captain, mm. it's, it sets a standard for the rest of the players. So for me, I like I know Johnny Evans is a big name and he was fantastic a few years ago. Yes. But 
he was so like it seemed clear to me last year he would have rather been any anywhere else but Leicester. Yeah, he he had that experience, but you know players can live on their past glories in you know in fans' minds or what have you. And like you say, he, he, you know if we'd paid him on a pay as you play, then then fine. One last one, Kate. That I just want to talk about there that somebody just mentioned in in the chat. Um, a certain uh, Belgian that that ran his contract down that wanted to go to a, a Champions League playing club and uh, and 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 he, he took a short trip across the Midlands to the Europa League and and I think he plays about ten minutes at the end of every game. Yeah, I think he's not getting any Premier League time at all. From what I've seen, I think he's playing the European Conference games. Um, yeah, I mean, who knows what the hell went on there? We obviously didn't convince him enough and whoever that responsibility was to, to try and make him stay. He was just spouting off excuses to not sign a contract. Um, and similar to Johnny Evans, like Anne said, if you don't want to be here, just go. I was going to just say then. That we could have got a fee for him because 18 months prior, his stock was quite high. Yes. Um, and he has yeah. ran the stock down now. And he's also, that's also showing because he can't get in the dead of starting 11. So yeah. um, you've got to be careful to read what you say. If I can imagine the football world is a very small world. Um, mm. You don't want to make noises for the wrong reasons, really. Exactly. And I think for me, I'm glad he hasn't stayed because I don't think, like you say, like Johnny Evans, he wasn't committed. And I don't think he was that good, to be honest with you, in that last 18 months, pure and simple. And uh, I think when you come to think what Harry Maguire did when he left, which was sign a contract, knowing he would probably be going the year after, but guaranteeing that we would get some money for him, it would have been very, very easy for Yuri to do that. But look, Yuri's gone, good riddance, and what a shame it's not working out for him. It couldn't happen to a... To a nicer footballer, uh, well, possibly for Farmer, but that, that's another story. That uh, Brad, <laughs> Brad and uh, look, let's have a look at the signings we've done. Who has impressed you most? Uh, where to start? Because that's a, it's an easy, it's not an easy question, is it? Because we've had uh, some very decent signings. I think Harry Winks. I think he's too good to be in the championship. He is not a championship player. He's mm. a Premier League. Premier League uh, level player, and I'd say, uh, I don't want to say top end um, player, but he's a player that could comfortably slot in from about any team from eighth down. Mm -hmm. um, I'd say Doyle, I was impressed with before he got injured. Uh, Hermanson, by the way, absolutely fantastic. I think I'm going to go for Hermanson and Winks, so I'm sitting on the fence between the two of them because with him, we at the end of last season, I don't think if I said to either you, Chris or Kate, that Iverson's going to be our goalkeeper next year, I don't think either of you would have complained with us being a champion. Would have argued certainly, you know. Yeah, but Hermanson's come in, and it's very rare you get a keeper that's elite with his feet and an elite shot stopper. He mm. looks like he's got the potential to be both of those. And, and in, in Kate, I mean Jordan Jordan Blackwell in the Mercury actually did a piece, and he was apologising, saying that he could not understand why we went out and bought a goalkeeper. It was like what a waste of money. We don't need another goalkeeper. But my God, he, he's earned his stripes, hasn't he? Absolutely, it's probably why Jordan Blackwell isn't managing Leicester, to be honest. Although I do like his what he writes, but there's a reason why we do the jobs that we do. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I agree. Harry Winks has been absolutely superb. We said it at the weekend, didn't we? He's like a yeah. Duracell bunny. Yeah. He's, he's just got one one power button and that's it. He's, he's gone. Um, he's the Duracell bunny, isn't he? He is. Uh, Hermanson again, yeah, really impressed with. His distribution's been excellent. I just think there's about a 1% piece of him that's a bit cocky, which is what got us in trouble at Blackburn. I think that's youth. I think that's I think that's a nice side of arrogance. And um, we've just got to be careful with that because we don't want to be giving away silly goals. We don't want that that brought into the future of us at all. But you live and you learn. He's a young keeper and he's been absolutely superb. Some of the saves he's pulled off have, have been awesome. Um, and I really like Mavadidi. Mavadidi for me is is up there because I think it showed what how much Harvey Barnes was lacklustre on the left. He's just mm. so tenacious. His pace is awesome. He wants to use his pace. He doesn't care who you are, he'll take you on. Um, so it's been nice to have somebody who's ready to have that battle on the left rather than perhaps wimp out because he's not beat his man at the first attempt. So, yeah, yeah those three for me are the standouts. Yeah. Uh, Tom, I mean, there's no need There's no need to have a go at Ant here, Tom. He's not, he's not upset you at all. We uh, say still think he's an inch or two short. I mean, that's just not, there's no need for it, Tom. You'd never hear me having to go about Ant's height at all. The thing is, as I keep saying every time, I could not wait to meet you, Chris, and you being about a head shorter than me. <laughs> it will never happen. It will never happen, if only for that reason. Uh, I think I think Cannon's not. We're not going to see anything of Tom Cannon until the the new year. Kate, I mean, they've bought him, haven't they, on the strength of, um, of what he did at Preston last season. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad that we can buy that kind of player. We've got to start planning for the sad day of mourning when Vardy retires. And mm. this is a youngster who's ready to prove his worth. He's He's got some sort of history that he's proven. Uh, it's a shame about this stress fracture in his back. I think that was found at the medical. So, yeah, mm. it's good that we, that we own that we own a few of these players that are really going to be important positions for us going forward. I mean, um, uh, I mean, Boris has said there, Mavadidi and Fatou, they've both done done very well. Um, I mean, Winks, he's just all over the place, isn't he? But um, do you think? And I think you mentioned it early earlier. Kashaday suffered really because everybody else has kind of hit the ground running, and he's he's also the one that came in with the biggest reputation. Which... Yes. That, I that, don't that, think it's helped him true. at all. He's yeah, coming from Chelsea where all of their their fans are watching him and expecting him to be come in and be our main man. The fact that he hasn't done that, I think, and it's early days, but I think there's more expectation on him to come in and perform than there has been than any of the other signings that we've had. Harry Winks has looked at as a bit of a Tottenham reject. If we're like if we're calling a spade a spade, it was looked at as someone who's not good enough yeah. for Tottenham. Like us, he's a fantastic player, and he's of this level. He's an absolute cheat code. But mm-hmm. like Tottenham fans think, wish him well, etc. But they're not keeping an eye, expecting him to come to Leicester and set the world alight, which he has done. Chelsea, was, uh, Chelsea, was a Man United Chelsea. fan in the chat the other day. I don't know if you know bath time, and uh, he was. He always asks about Winks, and he says he'll he'll wait for us to get promoted, and then they'll come in and buy Winks. And I went, well, yeah, if you got the odd eighty million. Fine. And then come, come and come and waste it on us again. Um, he turned up at uh, under 23's game, did you say, Kate Cassidy? 
custody. Yes, he did. Yeah, he came with another youngster by the looks of it. He was his buddy, um, and he he looks so young. Up, up, mm. up close, he is so young. It's it's unbelievable. So it must be pretty daunting for someone that age. I know a lot of them go through it, but it, it's, some are some are more mature than others when it comes to that kind of thing, aren't they? But yeah, yeah. I agree with that. The yeah. reputation was on his shoulders. We were one of many teams after him he was in high demand um and the others have just gelled so well um so it's not that he's done poorly he's just not done as good as the others but he's not he's not really had a run of it yet has he properly we're only no. we're only a few no, games no. in really and do you think you say that again that you sorry do you think you I'll go to you, Anne. Go to you. Is there a bit of an echo for you? There's an echo, I think, at Kate's, but she she has put herself on mute now. But okay. I'll come to you. Has, has he been because he hasn't had the game time that a lot of the others have had? He hasn't, but he's a player that I really like the look of when he does yes. play. He looks progressive. He looks technically so good on the ball, and his decision making, like it seems like it's like with Mavadidi and. Well, particularly Mavadidi, he's got all the talent in the world, but his decision making is a bit frustrating at times. Atgun is talented in a different kind of way, more of a technical ability than the ability of Mavadidi. But sort of, he's going to run past you. He's going to make life really difficult for you, and he's a handful. With Atgun, he's got so much technical ability, so technically sound, and he makes good uh, his decision making and his his product in the final third. Brilliant, I think. I think but the fact that we've gone from having absolutely no wingers to we've mm. got Mavadidi, mm. Batawu, Makatir, and um, obviously Atgun as well. Like The fact that we've got all of them, and you could genuinely list them in any order and not sound ridiculous, they, like, they've all got like quality where you could genuinely put, say, Makatir's our best winger, Mavadidi's our best winger. Um, like it, it's It's a good position to be in. Okay, though he, he was saying the wingers, he was playing Eunice in the centre the other day, wasn't he? But... Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. I think he's quite versatile like that, and I love to mm. see him run with the ball. I think he's pretty much the fastest player in the team running with the ball, um, probably because he has got that technical ability as well. But yeah, he's he just looks so enthusiastic as well. Like he's got the fire in his belly. It's just mm. what you want to see from your players, really. Yeah. I did have a, a Galatasaray fan come into one of the chats asking how he was getting on. And I said, like, oh, I'm really, you know, we're really pleased with him. And I said, he hasn't played that much as early in the season. I said, how's Teddy getting on? He goes, he's shit. But, Kate, before we move on uh, to the next set of players, Hermanson, I mean, I've never seen a goalkeeper, unless it's right at the end of the game and they're going up for a, uh, a corner, uh, I've never seen a player play so far up the field. Yeah, it's a little bit hairy at times, isn't it? But you, mm. you, just when you see him where he stands, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's more than we're used to. Let's put it that way. Um, but he wants to be involved. He wants to be that option. He wants to be that last defender almost, doesn't he? Um, yeah. Which I think is probably part of Enzo's plan as well, like to yeah. absorb him into the the main outfield play um, in case he's needed, and it just gives an option for the defenders to restart the the phase of play. Hmm. Uh, I'm not elite. Says uh, he's looking. He's asking about McAteer. We're going to come on to the youngsters in a second. Uh, but look, 
Um, and these are the players that um, either were in the last year or didn't leave sort of or either on loan or permanently uh, in the summer. Uh, or Brighton, Dhaka, Inacho, Indeedy, Sutar, Vardy, Vestergaard. Um, I mean, let, let's start for, for Boris's sake. Let's start with Vardy. If we go up, does he get another season to have one more go at the Premier League? I don't. Oh, it's, this is the hardest one. I, I would say no, and I always say finish when you like. Finish when you're on top. Go out on a high, which if he gets us back up this season will be a massive high. I mm. don't think he can cause the problems in the Premier League that he's causing in the Championship this year. So, I think the best way for him to go would be absolutely tear the Championship apart this season, like he has done, and then retire on what will be a huge high getting us back to the Prem. Yeah. Um, Suta, uh, Kate, you weren't overly impressed with his, his first game back, but I thought he came in against Liverpool, did all right against Liverpool, and I thought he did okay against Stoke. I mean, all right, he didn't have an awful lot to do, to be honest with you, and was maybe caught out once. But I think he could, you know, I think as a squad player... I think he, 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 you know, I don't think there should be any hurry to get rid of him. Um, maybe not. I'm not sure. Against Stoke, I felt like on the ball he wasn't that great. He didn't give me as much comfort as Yannick did, which I can't quite believe. That's just left my mouth. Dun, dun, dun. Get in, Yannick. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that made you happy. Um, <laughs> But yeah, he he made a few mistakes that weren't that didn't cost at all. But but mm. he just gave me some concerns because he wasn't as easy on the eye as some of the other players were. So I'm not sure he is cut out for the the prem. But he could be he could be a squad player. It, it, I think what we talked about before. It depends on him. If he's not committed, there is yeah. no point. Yeah. If he only just wants to sulk or not bother about trying to break into the 11 or improve where he's told to try and improve, then we've not got any capacity for that kind of player anymore. We just haven't got it. And he needs, no. he needs to no. move on. That leads me very nicely, Ant. Uh, we'll, we'll jump to to, to my, my current um, favourite player, um, the, the great Dane himself, Vestergaard. I mean, look, I, I joke about my, you know, he, he is to me what uh, Ian Acho is to Brad. Uh, but I, I always felt whether there's a Premier League player in there, I don't know. But he was there for Southampton for quite a few seasons. Um, he was brought in by by Rogers. Uh, Rob Tanner said, "Like, why have you bought a player that doesn't fit into your system?" Rogers says, "Well, yes, he does," and then presumed never to play him. Um, he could have gone in the summer, and I understand him not wanting to go because his wife was just about to give birth, and and that's the last thing you want to do is moving countries then. Uh, I mean, as things are going, and it is obviously, we're only 11 games in, and, you know, we've seen that there are talks going on, because we've seen Chowdhury has signed a new contract, so there are talks going on, you know, with different players probably behind the scenes. Um, do you give Vestergaard a new contract? Yeah, well, I don't know if he keeps this level up in the Premier League or not, but even if he doesn't, like, he's surely done enough to prove that he can have a squad role like in the future. And at, at the moment, he's been our best centre-back so far this season. So, yeah, absolutely. 
he's kept he's kept Cody out, and when Cody's come back, you we we all immediately presumed Am that oh Cody's back, Cody's going to go in, and Vestival's going to be dropped. I'm glad he hasn't because I don't think he'd done anything that deserved him being dropped. But you know, he, he has kept Cody out. He has, and credit to him, absolutely. So yeah, I think he deserves a new contract, hundred percent. Mm. Kate, good two for you now. In Acho and in DD, they've both got to be given new contracts, haven't they? Yeah, you'd think so. The only thing with Ian Acho is, is the same frustrations get borne out every year with him. So it's whether he can, um, it's whether Enzo wants to take that on into the Premier League again. That's all because he has done really well in the Championship. He there was reasons why managers didn't pick him as the starting man for a lot of Premier League games. Indeed, in a heartbeat, we've absolutely galvanised him somehow mm. um, and he's become a player that I don't think he could have possibly predicted that he could become um, and he can only get better and he seems to be getting better um, he's not quite in row Z anymore with most of his shots he's probably come down to about row C which is a massive improvement um, <laughs> yeah he's just been great to watch he's got some skills um, yeah in a heartbeat and I think indeedy I think he laughed away the forest rumors the other week didn't he in his interview saying it was just an absolute mm. joke there was no truth to it he was watching the headlines come in just laughing at the rumors so I think he's mm. really happy in Leicester I think his family's settled here as well and him and Nacho are BFFs aren't they they are yeah. each other yeah. socially but so there's a lot that goes on with that as well which which could help us but if I had to choose between one it would be indeedy for me um, oh, I'd, I'd, I'd want to keep them both. I just want to be greedy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Last two for you, Ant. Uh, Dakron or Brighton? I think I know the way that this one's going. Uh, all Brighton, thank you for everything you've done. Been fantastic. Like, fantastic servant for the club, but all good things must come to an end. Dakar, yeah. move, move him on for his own career more than anything. He's what, fourth choice striker? Not really going to get a look in. I still think there's a half decent player there, but he's clearly not an Enzo striker. Like, move him on and just get but those when, wages when off. Got, wage when you've got a player that's injured and out for like you know twelve weeks ahead of you in the pecking order, maybe you should. Maybe the clues are there that your time is up at the club. Yeah, and I do feel sorry for him because I don't think he got the chances that he probably hoped he would. But mm. at the same time, like. Football's a ruthless game, as I keep saying. Like you, yeah. like it's one of those. Like sometimes when football moves work, sometimes they don't, and yeah. it'll be one of those. That I wouldn't be surprised if he's another Cramerich, where he, it hasn't worked here at Leicester. You see him go elsewhere and absolutely smash it. Yeah, and I hope he does for his sake. You know, because mm -hmm. we know from the Moscow game, but you can't survive your whole career on one game. Uh, stick with you for this one, Ant. Um, I've only put the two there because they're the two that are in the squad that have done well. Uh, Marcel comes in, scores a goal. Get, you know, we don't see him again. Uh, McAteer plays out of his skin. Unfortunately, gets injured, although it's not as bad as we all first thought. Two amazing... I mean, I saw Marcel, I think it was against Northampton pre-season, and he was on the left, and he looked really, really good. But the fact that those players are getting game time, when you look at the sort of wingers that we've got at the club, and they've got game time... That says a lot about Enzo, and it also says a lot about them as well. Yeah, it does. For me, I'd give McAteer a new contract, absolutely 110%. I think with Marcel, it's 
massively dependent on what you do with Yunus Atgun and Fatou, whether you give Marcel a new contract, because there's a t- t- uh, talented lad there, but you can't keep a player for the sake of keeping a player. And it's like, mm. if we keep him, you're not keeping him to protect his value because he's a youth player with no value or very little value in terms of a transfer market. Mm. So if you keep him, you've got, that has got to be with the sort of foresight of him becoming a first team player. Yeah. Talking goalkeepers. Can um, I just also add there as well, sorry, just to mm. also add there about Marchant, that apparently he is reluctant to sign a new contract, which is why Enzo's banished him to the under 21s. because mm. He wants to keep his ah. options open. Ah. So that's an interesting shift mm. on it, isn't it? And it's I can so- kind of understand it from Archel's point of view because he doesn't want to tie himself into a team that he's perhaps not going to get a sniff with. But similarly, you can understand from Enzo's point of view, well, if you're not going to commit, then I can't commit to you. A, a bit of a standoff, a bit of a standoff there. Uh, sticking with you, Kate, though, um, keepers. Now, I've, I've, taken, I've not put Smithies up because he's injured. We're not going to see him after the end of the season anyway. We all know that. Um, the two on the left, the ones that are holding the position at the moment, the two on the right, Everson and Ant's favourite goalkeeper, uh, Danny Ward. I mean, surprise that we've still got Everson and Ward. Surely their time is up and, and, and they're going. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what Everson costs us, but Danny Ward must be one of the most expensive reserve, reserve, maybe reserve keepers that we've got in the football league. Um, yeah, I'm quite surprised Danny Ward stayed. I think it just probably says a lot about his attitude and approach to the game now because he's he's well over 30, isn't he? Um, mm. Or is he, is he 30, 31, something like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the two on the left are definitely our, our starters and our key personnel. Um, but that's the nature of football, isn't it? Every team has four on its books. I'm just not sure that Danny's probably getting the best for himself, but he's obviously taking the money at the minute. I mean, Kate, Hermanson, once we signed him, it was obvious, you know, from when we got the number of goalkeepers we already had, signing another one, it was always going to be that he was going to be number one. Um, Stolchik, or Stolchok, I can never, God knows what you, how you pronounce it. Tell about one more time, Chris, we didn't hear you. Go away, Ant. Uh, <laughs> the reserve goalkeeper. I mean, he's surprised. He's kind of come from completely left field, no pun intended, uh, to be to be number two. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's that Enzo fresh pair of eyes again that no hmm. team members team position is safe. Um, you've got to prove it to me, and I'm going to judge everybody with my own eyes um, on my impressions, not on those of my predecessors really and mm. I think that's what's happened here I quite like Everson to be honest I think Ward had a hot spot and I think that quickly went and um, he had some great times with Wales and I think that perhaps with his few years or year, year or so in form but I, li- I like Everson I, I thought he, he's done an okay job so it's good to know that we've got three possibly four decent keepers but yeah fair play to Stoller, Stoller Chick I think it is um he's he's obviously impressed he's committed yeah um, he's being utilised for cup stuff, isn't he? Yeah. How how would you pronounce it then, Ant? Stolarchek. Oh God! Don't you hate bloody teachers? Um... <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds better than your stuttered attempt, Chris. Is what yeah, I'm saying. Cool. Let's say it exactly. 
I feel I know in that one. You say anything with confidence, Chris, it sounds believable. <laughs> it sounded better than mine. I can't deny that. Um, I mean, do, 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 do you get rid of both of those, um, uh, Anton? Do, do you think the fact that, and I've forgotten his name, bless him, but the goalkeeper goes back, Stahl, I mean, he was literally, he was part of the foundations, wasn't he? He'd been here with us that long. Do you think had he stayed that we might have seen a different one and two? But he's gone. Not only have you got a new manager, but we've got a new goalkeeper coaching. Like say, like uh, Kate said, sees things with different eyes. Do you think that's the reason maybe why Jakob has, has come through? Well, he did do, and I know it's a different level. He did do very low, uh, well on loan at Hartlepool last year. So mm. it's like, and the club have always said that, that he's rated quite highly as a youngster. But like, I, he's, the games he's played, he hasn't looked out of place at all has he so no like with Iverson I think Iverson's a good keeper just uh, at the wrong club because we're not a like we need a keeper who's an extra man in possession who can be a playmaker from deep that sweeper keeper he's not that he's a good shot stopper so I think for his own career he needs to move Danny Ward I think he's so used to sitting on the bench anyway he's done it most of his career so one more season doing that collecting in a paycheck, but he's not going to get anywhere else. What's it to yeah. him? No, exactly, exactly. Um, Tom said earlier, uh, will we see, will we lose players in January? Kate, do you think we will? Um, I would like to think not. Um, unless, you just never know what's going to happen with, with the likes of the sort of mm. bottom part of the table. If they have a catastrophic injury, if Everton lose Calvert-Lewin for a very long-term injury or, you know what I mean, if there's, there's players that get injured, then someone could sweep in for Nacho, you know, as, yeah. a, as a sort of emergency needed replacement pronto. And that's the only way I could envisage it, to be honest, but not. A, I don't think there'd be any planned, I'd like to think there'd be no planned raid of mm. some of those players at the end of pronto. Maybe some of those that we saw on the sort of in the last year of the contract, you know, somebody might come in for Inacho, unfortunately, indeedy, possibly. Uh, but I mean, we've got the AFCOM in January, um, and we're not yeah. actually losing that many players. I mean, we're going to lose indeedy uh, and uh, and Nacho. Uh, apart from that, uh, Fatou at Ghana, I think Dakar. It's not, not exactly going to be a loss, is he? Because we're not seeing him anywhere. Uh, so so no. nothing, nothing to worry about on that side, is there? No, but the thing is, we're losing players. But you watch any other team fan channels, they're, they're saying exactly the same thing about January. They're losing their players. So it's not just us. We're all in the same boat. But mm. I almost think that we're in a better position than most because we've got the quality and depth of players to come in where a lot of other teams don't. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just looking at it here, and actually, Ghana and uh, Nigeria are actually in the same in the same. Oh no, they're not. I thought they're in the same group, possibly. Ah, oh, they're in the same pot anyway. So, and depending how far they go, they may come back early. But I'm not. I, you know, I had this vision that suddenly we were going to lose half the team in January, but we're actually, like I say, no disrespect to Daka, but when he's not getting on the pitch anyway, I don't think it'll be it'll be much of a miss. But look, I just want to I just want to end on this because um, just a bit. I did do a just saying number one. 
this is my uh, just saying number two, just to, to, to end it on. Uh, 11 games, we've got 30 points. I mean, if you carry that through to, <laughs> and my maths has been right, which it should be, because I use the calculator, it would mean after 46 games, we get 125 points. That would be nice, wouldn't it, Kate? Yeah, it would be absolutely delightful. Smash a few more records. Always expect the unexpected with Leicester City. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, you'd like to think 100 points is attainable. I don't want to get mm. carried away, but you'd like to think, what did we get when we got promoted? I think you were a few weeks ago. Was it 102 or something like that? I think it was 102. Um, so we could chase that potentially, chase our old selves and then see what happens in the two seasons that follow. Okay. Well, you have a think at the next question I'm going to ask Ant because I will come back and ask um, you know, Boris, give it a rest, please. Um, Ant, what would be disappointing? I mean, after this start, and obviously we, we, we will have reviews going through the season, but if we end the season, well, you know, if we don't end the season in the top two or we don't end the season in, 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 in the uh, playoffs, so what would be disappointing for you at this point with the start that we've had? If we're not a Premier League club next season, like, I've, I've, the points totals, the record's absolutely brilliant, but ultimately it's just get back to the Premier League next season. Agree, Kate? Or would it be something different be disappointing for you? Uh, yeah, I agree with Ant there. I think we'd be deeply disappointing if we didn't, if we didn't get back up, definitely. Well, what a nice place to end on. We all agree, because I agree as well. So a lovely place to end on. <laughs> have a have a great weekend. You can go out drinking cake because there's no match. Not that you ever stop, I don't think. <laughs> How can people kill my find... reputation? Sorry? You're gonna kill my reputation. Do you have one? Well, yeah, true. You can't get much lower than zero, so <laughs> um so tell people where they can follow you and where they can find you i'm on twitter at kate blakey 40 um ktb 44 is my twitter handle but yeah the username and the app is at kate blakey 40 not olive not olive no <laughs> not olive, not olive. I need are, to, create an, to create an alias for that <laughs> I keep me. I've written that down because I've forgotten about that. I still need to do a little joke thing for you. <laughs> and Ant, thank you so much for joining us, mate. As always, it's uh, it's nice to have you on. Um, good luck with your channel. Where can people find you? Yeah, so Ant's Leicester fan channel again. As I said at the start, home and away match day content, all of that good stuff. And before we finish as well, I can see there's what twenty four people watching on my channel or something. Head over to Chris's channel, give the stream a like as well. Help out both channels because the Leicester space is a small community, so let's help everyone out on it. Indeed. And exactly the same if you've subscribed to me or watching via mine, get over to Ant and, uh, and and subscribe to that. And give Kate a follow as well. She, she's really nice. She talks a lot of sense. Well, one of the three of us has to, I guess, doesn't it? <laughs> Ladies and gents, thank you so very, very much. And... Um, we uh, well, like I say, got the weekend off. We've got England next week, and uh, Kate, I'll see you on Monday for the for the debate show again. Debate show again. You will indeed. I'll see you then. Brilliant. Thanks very much, guys. Take care. So there we go. Uh, thanks to Kate and thanks to Ant. Like we say, 
do follow Kate and do get over and uh, and and give Ant's channel a uh, a watch as well. And if you haven't seen this yet, classic match uh, with Julian Watts. Uh, it is up. Uh, it's under the pick, which is the, the latest programs. And we we uh, talked through the actual game, the Crystal Palace one, Leicester City two playoff final, which he was part of, and. Um, it, uh, it's a great it's great to talk through the matches rather than talk through the career because you can get onto Wikipedia and read that it's great to, to talk to players that have actually been there uh, I'm trying to get uh, Matt Elliott to come on to talk about the Arsenal th- or Leicester 3 Arsenal 3 game under Martin O'Neill um, I'm also trying to get Steve Linex to come on to talk about the uh, Shrewsbury quarterfinal FA Cup and Ian Wilson to talk about the um, semi-final uh, of the FA Cup that season when, unfortunately, he scored a known goal. So, lots to come, uh, but we will be back on Monday with the uh, debate show, and Tuesday we'll be back with the um, with the uh, England game. England are playing Italy. We're hosting Italy. Uh, I think a win would virtually guarantee we'd, we'd, we'll be there. So, uh, we'll do that on Tuesday for the watch long. Thanks to that. Do get over and check Ant's channel out, Ant's Leicester fan channel. If you haven't already, get over there and subscribe. If you've been watching via that channel, thank you so very, very much. And if you've been watching via Leicester Till I Die, thank you very much as well. Uh, I've been Chris. This has been Leicester Till I Die and Ant's Leicester fan channel. And this is Arnie. Good night. Thanks for watching. These videos are tremendous. You'd better like them too or I'll be back. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. That will conclude this evening's entertainment. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? A participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.